The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Proud sponsor of Irish rugby, but alas, we are still suffering from the hangover. Kathleen McNamee from Off the Ball. Good morning. Good morning, Pat. It is hard, isn't it, to look at these matches with any kind of enthusiasm. We've got uh, the All Blacks and Argentina, and one can only see Argentina getting a roasting there. Yeah. And then you've got maybe the one that's a bit more interesting, the Springboks and England. I know, it's just so hard looking at the game and thinking it could be us tonight. And yeah. if it was, you'd think that we would have a fairly good chance of making that final. But it's but, criminal that we had a draw with five of the world's top uh, teams on it, one side of it. It's just mad. It is completely. And I think, you know, it's been talked about so much during this World Cup that I really hope that, you know, World Rugby do take the initiative and change it for following years because... We saw the games last weekend, like that should have been two semi-finals, and we would be sitting here, you know, on Monday morning talking about how lucky we were to watch some of the best teams go toe-to-toe with each yeah. other. And instead you have an England team that's been quite dire for the last couple of years and last couple of seasons. And I, I mean, you can't take away from the achievement that Argentina have had, but you also look at the games that they've had to play, and it's just nowhere near the levels that we had to do. You know, we had that game against the Springboks, and I know we did the Scotland game and we kind of won it fairly comprehensively but our players were absolutely wrecked after that game and I said it after that game that I was really concerned about how they were going to perform in the quarterfinals because they looked so tired and I think that really did come to the fore in the yeah, game and there's against been a the debate about whether uh, Andy Farrell should have rotated a bit more but there's another side of that argument that says you get your team Um, going like a clock. Yeah, exactly. Once you have your best team, you're probably going to play them. And also we don't have the depth and we also don't have the... We've said it a lot on Off the Ball this week, like the evil genius of Razzie to make the sort of changes that the Springboks can. I think the All Blacks came out and just put in one of those All Blacks performances. Um... I, I I don't think Ireland had the capacity to change up their squad in the way that no. and South still there was only can. one score in it at the end, and that's uh, how much we rue this particular world. Only Jordy Barrett hadn't made that tackle. Mm. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, we shall probably watch these matches with uh, some interest, but that's about it. You know, the enthusiasm has gone. Yeah, it has. And I think it's been interesting this week talking to different people about who Irish fans actually want to win this World Cup. I mean, my ideal would be an All Blacks Springboks final because I think that's going to be the most entertaining. Mm. But I've talked to a few people who are more interested in seeing England winning the game tomorrow rather than South Africa just because of, I suppose, the rivalry that has developed between Springboks no, I mean, and Ireland. But Mathematics, we beat the Springboks if they win the World Cup, we beat the World Cup winners. So, yeah, exactly. Whereas we didn't beat the All Blacks this time round. But even if they do, win, if the All Blacks do win it, we lost them by a point. You mm. lost the eventual world champions. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world. Mm. All right, um, there's women's rugby, but I can't say I'm impressed by um, the stories I'm reading that we demolished Kazakhstan. Yeah. I mean, that's not exactly a world force in rugby. No, 109 points to nil in their opening match. I think it's the largest score ever recorded by an Irish national side uh, on the rugby front. But that, that is only testament to the fact that we're no longer in the top tier. Well, that's the problem. And we're not a bit like we look at the, say, men's side in the football and the Nations League. When you're stuck in that sort of tier, it's really, yeah. really difficult to develop a team because you're not getting the same sort of quality opponents that you need. Um I mean, it's interesting, like Scott Bamand, who took over this Irish side, is a really exciting coach. I think it was a really, really good appointment, even though it did take them donkey's ears to actually get someone for the team. Um, 
I think if you're an Irish rugby player at the moment, you're probably looking at developing yourself in the English league more than you are yeah. looking at developing yourself on a national on side. A national so side. it's unfortunate, but at least that competition does exist. Now in the Premier League, we've got a couple of uh, fairly tasty fixtures. We've got a local derby in Liverpool and another one in London. Yeah, we have Liverpool, Everton, Merseyside derby. Uh, I mean, Everton haven't really been all that competitive no, but in the, the last the, couple of years. But the, the rivalry are, is terrific. Exactly. And Everton are a great team at pulling out a performance when they really really need it we saw it against Arsenal and City last season we saw it against Chelsea the season before when they um, beat them at home to stay up and not be relegated so it's going to be it's always a great match it's always one that fans get up for it's a kind of unfortunate time half 12 on a Saturday mm. you know it's Difficult one to get excited for in terms of the timing. Um, we also have Chelsea-Arsenal. That's at half five. Tomorrow, Arsenal will be hoping to do the deed against them. Uh, Chelsea haven't been great this season, but they are missing quite a lot of their main players. You know, you look at their bench in some of the recent games and it's a lot of youngsters that you've never heard of, which is funny when you consider the amount yeah. of spending that Todd Bowley did. Uh, Tottenham Hotspurs and uh, Fulham, you'd have to... Well, Spurs are odds on. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think with the job that Ange is doing at Spurs uh, this season, I mean, they're definitely looking at a Champions League spot, if not hoping in the next couple of seasons that they can compete. Yeah. And then Manchester United, who are away to Sheffield United, they need a performance to convince, particularly with all the Glazer stuff still going on. I know. And we have like Jim Ratcliffe is looking like likely to buy 25% of Manchester United this uh, week. That's been all the reporting. All the interest from abroad has kind of gone away, but the Glazers have kind of been like this all along where we kind of thought that they weren't going to sell up completely, that they wanted to hold on to a little bit because it's been such a money-making profit for them over the last couple of years. It would be a big one to let go, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does take over. Can he actually make the changes that he wants to make? Because one of the Glazers might be on his footballing committee. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, Finally, Formula One is going to increase fine levels for drivers who offend up to a maximum of about a million dollars. Yeah, it's a a lot of money because I think it was about a quarter of a million before, so it is a lot to go up. Drivers aren't all that happy about it. Um, they say, uh, Daniel Ricciardo called it scary. Uh, Magnussen said the move was ridiculous. But Hamilton's comments were probably the most interesting. He was saying, if you are going to charge this much money, then at least make sure that it's 100% of it is going to the right places. Um, He's talking about charitable endeavours like developing... Uh, drivers who never would have a chance uh, to drive at the top level yeah. because they've no money. Well, that's what I was... And diversity as well. Yeah, when we were talking about this story earlier, this is what I was kind of saying to you in the sense that, you know, F1 is already so difficult to get into. You need a lot of money a lot of the time or else you need someone early on to give you a chance. And if drivers are going to be paying that amount of money for... A lot of the time, things that, you know, don't seem like a big deal. It's like, it's seen as disrespectful in Formula One, but in ordinary life it's not that much of a big deal if you are going to be paying that amount of money then you really do need to make sure that it's going mm. to funds to make sure there's more people coming yeah. up to I mean ranks. not everyone can afford it Hamilton is about to uh, sign a contract uh, maybe he's already signed 100 million over two years for Mercedes yeah know. and that's just what he's doing with Mercedes it doesn't count in you know brand deals all the businesses he has a lot of the other organisations that he helps out with so uh it's not a bad life. <laughs> if someone wants to pay me £100 million, I wouldn't be too sad. <laughs> Kathleen McNamee, thank you very much for joining us. A reminder now that our items are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to on the Newstalk app part by GoLoud. Still- the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.